Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Genesis Gathering. I'm Jeff Corson. I'm the senior pastor here at Genesis Gathering, and we're going to have a special speaker with us this morning. His name is Lamont Leonard, and we're excited for the word that he's going to share. He's also going to be ministering in music. But before we do any of that, Carol's going to come. She's going to share a couple of worship courses with us. And just before she does that, I want to remind you of sharing the link to our service through various social media sites. You can share our YouTube link or our our, uh, Facebook link, of course, with your friends. Please do that. If you have any prayer requests this morning, be sure to share them with us, all right? You can text those. Start doing it right now, and we'll be able to receive them and categorize them and get ready to pray for the things that you need. The number should be on the screen there. Text your prayer request to 720-878-3323. All right, well, uh, a little worship uh, introduction here, Jeff, and uh, Carol's going to come while you're playing that. Let's all stand up and let's worship the Lord. I was buried beneath my shame. Who can carry that kind of weight? It was Into your glorious day 
needed rescue My sin was heavy But your chains had the weight of your glory I needed shelter I was an orphan And you called me a citizen When I was broken You were my healing Now your love is the air And I'm breathing I have a future My eyes are just sing this next song together. Thank you, God. Oh 
Praise God. Thank you, guys. Amen. trust that the Lord is shown his great favor in your lives. And I just want to say, I'm thankful right now for this opportunity to come and be a part of Genesis this morning. And those of you that are under the sound of my voice, I just praise and thank God for your presence and just for what God is going to do and what he has done. Amen. I want to just sing a, a song before I get into the word this morning called Total Adoration. storms when all my friends are gone you were right there all alone I never known a love like this before I just want to say that I love you more than anything hold me in your arms you were the shelter from my storms When all my friends were gone You were right there all alone I've never known a love like this before I just want to say that I 
love you more than anything I love you Jesus I worship and adore you just want to tell you Lord I love you more than anything I love you Jesus I worship and adore you I just want to tell you Lord I love you more than anything I love you Jesus I worship and adore you Just want to tell you Lord I love you more than anything I love you Jesus My goodness. All right, well, we could have done we could have done a whole service of that, huh? Been a long time. You reminded me of the old days. You know, we used to start service uh, a couple decades ago with, with my pastor and Lamont and his wife and, and, and others in the service like this, accomplished musicians. They'd start something like that, and we'd just never get to the message. I, I, know, I know you know what I mean, because <laughs> you've been in a lot of those services. Well, Lamont and Wendy have pastored and led worship in Los Angeles and Northern California for uh, a lot of years. Presently, their ministry is expressed through their home staging business, where they connect with and mentor people of every faith, and walk. I'm so excited about that because it really blends with the vision that God's given us here. And so today, folks, we just have a treat for Lamont's in town at a conference with his wife. His wife is still at the conference taking in the workshops. Uh, they, they paid good money for them to be there this weekend. He just agreed to bow out for a couple of hours and come be with us. Isn't that great? And so we're going to be running him back over to the conferences as soon as we're finished here. But I asked him to come and share a word, knowing the quality of the word that he has inside of himself and knew that you would be blessed by it. We go back a long ways. In fact, I go back further with your wife than I do with you even because I met her on staff at uh, my pastor's church. Uh, four decades ago, and uh, that's where I first met Wendy, and then uh, it's so good to have you and her still in our lives today, Lamont. So if everybody would, could we welcome our guest today, Lamont Leonard. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Um, it's so good to be a part of uh, what God is doing here uh, in Colorado, and um, uh, I'm, just, I'm just thankful for being a part of this service, be with you today, um, and uh, I don't know, you guys have a countdown clock for me, right? So someone can tell me, uh, you know, do something, yeah, right, let, let, let me know so that I don't, uh, I don't get to the place where uh, uh, I'm caught up. Um, so I want to deliver uh, just 
uh, a word from my heart. I, I just kind of feel like I want to tell my story. I, I went through a whole lot trying to figure out what I was going to be doing today. And uh, just so that you know, I do know the Bible. Uh, I got three scriptures <laughs> that I want to give to you that relate to what it is that we're going to be sharing about. I, I've never been good at titles, so you can title it whatever the Holy Spirit gives to you. Um, but uh, today I, I want us to just know that uh, God is doing some great things and has always been, uh, but sometimes we have not realized that he was using us in the little bitty thing that we thought was just little, okay? Um, so I, I, I want to uh, encourage us today to understand that God always has given and had a purpose for us in life from the beginning of time, before we got all the stuff that we got today from and so forth and so on. But what I really want to share is that as you go through time, you will have situations and challenges. You're, I'm talking to the choir here. I'm sure all of you have had that and will. But you'll have situations and challenges that will cause you to wonder what is my purpose? Why am I here? All right. Um, and I think that's always a good question. And I think it's good to go back to that over and over again, just to recognize, okay, am I, am I in the path that I should be on right now? Uh, just to kind of share some things. I, I, I want to talk before I forget, I just want to be able to say that uh, there are three passages of scripture that I want to share, and I won't read them through, but I want to knock them out because there are three different things particularly I want to talk about. Number one is in the journey that you're on, understand and recognize how important trust is, okay? Understand how important trust is. The other thing that I, I, I really want us to understand is that in trusting and what have you, we have to begin to recognize the importance of focus. You want to trust God, and then in that trust, you've got to understand the importance of focusing on the instruction that has been given to you from the Father. And the Father uses so many different ways to instruct us. Sometimes, I, I don't know about you, you know, when I was in school, I, from the beginning, I was probably a C student. See, students have to see stuff before they believe that it's real, <laughs> okay? B students, you know, you give them an example, and they'll run with it. An A student, all you have to do is say it one time, they got it. Well, I was a C student. You got to show me, okay? But as I begin to understand the whole idea of, number one, trusting the Lord, then the second thing came of, of understanding the idea of focusing in on the instruction that I have received and I will continue to continue to receive. For instance, when you go through a struggle or when you go through things and you make a mistake in life, how many of you beat yourself up about the mistake? Anybody ever do that? Okay. I see you guys out there in radio land, television land. <laughs> uh, we, we beat ourselves up about it. Because we have been trained, we have been instructed that when we go off a path, it's all wrong. But we never understand and, 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 uh, that if you go off the path, the idea is the path was an instruction point. It was a, a place for you to win. And if you didn't win, you go back and you analyze what you missed. 
And guess what? You won't fall into that pothole the next time because you have had experience. That's what we call experience. So experience is our teacher and directs us to what we need to do. That's one way that God directs us. Another way is God uses people. People that come across their path and they say things that we feel are not relevant at the time, uh, but later on in life we find out everything that they said is true. Or the things that they said is relevant to my life. And I think it's important that we understand that as well. The other thing that uh, I want, and I'll get deeper into this, is to recognize that as we go through life, we are the illuminators of life to others. We are the preservers of life to others. And we can't forget that what we do causes people to be influenced to do something great or something not so great. I mean, you, you, you need to recognize that there's people that are watching you, whether you know that they're watching you or not. They see what you do. They see what you say. They see how you practice life. And they pattern themselves after you or they decide not to. Okay? But we need to understand that people are watching us all around because, you know why people watch us? Because they're connected to us. Oh, see, that's a problem right there because some of those people you don't want to be connected to. <laughs> those people are connected and sometimes we don't know. Have you ever, have you ever sat perhaps in a, uh, uh, at a stoplight and all of a sudden you have this sense that somebody's watching you and you turn your head, someone was watching you. Why? Why do we get to the place where, and sometimes our, the attraction is just like, turn your head. And you don't know why, but it's like someone is calling out to you from long time past or whatever saying, hey, remember me? Or do you know me? <laughs> A lot of times people are reaching out and they don't even know that they're reaching out. They're being led, they're being drawn to you, they're being drawn, or you're being drawn to them, or something that they do, or something that they, they say, and they want more. They're longing. It's like they are in a deep sleep and they are wondering when they're going to wake up. And when they see you, something sparks a memory in them. Okay, a lot of people want to call it deja vu or whatever you call it, but the idea is there is a connection that we all have to one another whether we know it or not. So those are the things that I, I really want to deal with. And in the end of the whole thing, I want us to understand uh, that um, to, to pull it all together, that Jesus, uh, when he comes to us in the book of Matthew, uh, we see in chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, and we, we, we go from the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about the things that God intended from the beginning we begin to get a picture of what is really going on. And that is from the beginning of time, we were his and he was us. And he is in us now and wants to redeem and bring the world back to himself. In other words, he wants to knock on your door and say, hey, remember me? And we don't until we do. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all the things that uh, that seem like, well, that, that, that didn't make any sense when it happened, but now it's making sense because now the pieces are coming together. The people that you knew 
or that you know and you don't know why you're attracted to them and, and, and all of a sudden you are starting to talk with them or you inquire even further and you find that you have something in common before you know it, you have a relationship that goes on and you recognize there's something about this situation. From the beginning of time, we were never supposed to be split up and messed up like this. But because of man and his desire to not eat from that proper tree, we end up in a situation where we don't really know each other anymore. But the purpose of God in his son Jesus Christ was to come and reveal, to come and illuminate, to come and bring back us to where we're supposed to be from the beginning. So in that, I want to share, I just gave you a little bit about what I'm going to talk about. I already talked about it, so now I'm done. No, uh, <laughs> I want to share a little bit of my story. And uh, when you get as old as I am, you have a lot of stories. So I got to pick one that is short and easy to, 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 to get you to the point where you see where I'm coming from. Um, and even while I'm talking to you, I'm trying to remember which one I wanted to give you because I forgot to write it down. However, I'll start with one that's pretty easy. Uh, in my journey uh, from the beginning, as a young man, I had this desire to be a musician. So throughout all of life, from, from when I was just a little kid, um, at the age of about five years old, my parents asked us what we wanted to do, what, what instruments we wanted to play, and I said, I want to play the violin. Actually, my first instrument was the drums. And she said, no. She said, no, because she didn't want to hear the racket. Because it takes time to get to the place where your gift is not racket. <laughs> it's not noise, it's actually music, okay? She said, no. So my second was the violin. And the only reason I wanted the violin is because there was a friend that was like 13 years older than me that I saw in church. He was playing the violin. I was mesmerized by the violin and the tone of it. So as I grew up, my mother and father cultured me and, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd make us watch uh, Leonard Bernstein and the New York Philharmonic Orchestra on television. Whenever he came on, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if we had to go to bed early. It was a school night. If it was Leonard Bernstein and the Philharmonic Orchestra, Lamont, come sit down and watch this. So my instruction was from an early age, okay? And I heard and I learned from them. And as they continued to do that, what ended up happening with me is that music thing got in me. But the other thing that I recognize is it didn't get in me. It was already in me. It was a seed that was left in me or planted from the beginning of time because there was a purpose in my life that was going to bring forth something to cause people to find God. I didn't understand it at the time. But as I continued to grow, music became stronger and stronger. And I decided, hey, I finally got a violin when I got into the uh, first grade. My first violin, I had violin lessons in school, and, and I was able to go in and got into the orchestra. And then it was so great that I, I practiced and practiced and practiced. You learn, get your instruction, you do better, and as you do better, you get to go places. 
So I was able to go and I played the first time, my first concert with a orchestra was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles. It was amazing and they recorded it. Not only did I get to play in that orchestra and my name has a credit on that particular record, uh, I was also able to sing in the choir that was there. So when I wasn't playing in the orchestra, I sang in the choir as well. So you can see there was a pattern that was growing. I left from there and went to junior high school. Went to junior high school, continued to play and got into uh, the choirs that were there and some of the drama and so forth. My direction was moving in the direction of entertainment. I enjoyed every minute of it, okay? And as you enjoy, you grow. And I began to grow with the violin and play beautiful, beautiful music of some of the greats. And I enjoyed every bit of it. And then I left there and went to a high school that did not have an orchestra. All they had was a marching band. And I walked in and I said, well, all I, all I know how to play is the, the, the violin. They said, well, you can play the bells. I said, I'll take it. So I took a xylophone home, thought I was going to march with the xylophone, and I started hitting the bells. And it, the ringing in my ears just bothered me. And after one day, I said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't play this. Do you have anything else? And he says, well, what else do you know how to play? I said, I, don't, I can play anything. I, I never played anything, but I could. And he said, all I have is this uh, saxophone. I said, I'll take it. He gave me this book called Easy Steps to Band. Remember, instruction. So I took my book for a day, maybe two days or three days, and I looked at the book, and I found the keys. I learned the embouchure, how to fix my mouth so I could blow air into that little reed. And I had a sound. I went and auditioned like within that same week, and they put me in the marching band. I was like, yes, I'm in the marching band. Well, what was it? Instruction. I believed that I could do it. I got instruction, and I moved forward. When I moved forward, I got into that. Then I turned around. Shortly after that, I saw the jazz band. I had never done jazz in my life, but I loved what I was hearing. I wanted to be in there too. So I auditioned for that as well. What I'm saying is there's a progression that went from one level to the next level to the next level. It started with a trust that I could do something, and then there was reinforcement by the fact that I had some knowledge that I had attained as a result of study, as a result of listening and receiving from my coach, my music coach at the school. Eventually, it got to the point that I started doing some musical things at the school and some lead things, and before I knew it, my mother said, you should, you should take voice. Take voice lessons. I'm like, but I, I want to play the, you can still play that, but take voice lessons. So I went and I, I took voice lessons, at, uh, and uh, before I knew it, I, I had gotten a scholarship um, to go to one of the colleges, and I really thought everything was going to be great, but I want to tell you about it. When you go into life, a lot of times things will not be direct as you expect them to be. And you can either fall on your face, fail and cry and not move on and stay stuck, or you can decide that you will do something with what you already have no matter what your situation is. And in my situation, when I found out that um, 
my, uh, I, had, I had auditioned for a, a scholarship at Redlands University. They had a wonderful opera program because I wanted to be the first black opera singer. I did not know there was already Seth Riggs and others that had gone before me, but that was my thing because I hadn't seen any of them, right? So I decided that I was going to do this thing. I, I did the audition. They granted me a full scholarship to Redlands University. It's time to go to Redlands University and I get a call from the school. We haven't received your financial aid package. I'm like, what? Talk to my dad. Dad, did you send off the financial aid package? No, I forgot. It was sitting on his desk. At that point, I did not have time at all to try to get that information in. It was too late. It passed the deadline. I could not go to that school. In fact, it was too late to go to any of the other schools. I was, I was just torn. I was upset. I was angry with my father for a minute. Uh, and I was like, now what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go to one of these other schools or I'm going to have to go get a job or something like that. Well, what ended up happening is the, my pastor at the time had a daughter who was already going to college. She was going to Azusa College. Eventually turned into Azusa Pacific University. And I went and I applied there. I didn't want to go there. But you know what? Sometimes where we don't want to go is the place where God seasons us. It's the place where God grows us. If we are willing to trust him and understand we're on a path, whatever that path is for you, I don't know what that is, but recognize that sometimes the negatives that you call negatives are really positive. The mistakes, the breakdowns, the falling apart and what have you of your plan is really an opportunity for God to show you and reveal to you the reality of what his plan is for your life. So I went to Azusa Pacific, got a scholarship to go there, toured on the road, did a lot of things, and that was the beginning of ministry for me. That's how I ended up in this place, being a pastor for some 30-some years and and uh, a musician and what have you. A lot of different things happened in that. But you know what? What I found out was that was not the end. A lot of times we think that what we're doing right now is the end of things. This is all I do. Guess what? God has so much more if you open yourself up and allow him to teach you and show you, hey, today it's this, but tomorrow I'm going to do a shift on you and you're going to learn something totally new something totally different, something totally wonderful. Does it negate and throw away all the stuff that you've done and accomplished? Not at all. It's the beginning of a phase that we go through from one stage of life to the next stage. We're never finished going through the changes that we have to be who we are for the people that God is sending us to. Don't be selfish. It's not about you. It's about the people that God is sending you to, to wake up out of their slumber, out of their sleep, so they can find out who they really are, so they can find out that they're greater than what they think they are, and that the tools that they, that they need to get and to be successful in their lives is something that is already inside of them. It's just like you and me, something inside of me, something inside of you. And the reality is there's something in you that I need and something that you need that I have. And when we learn how to embrace one another, it becomes a powerful tool of God's blending and God's grace that brings light and illumination to the rest of the world. So 
That's just one little story. But it shows the progression of what I thought was one thing to another. And sometimes it's worse, things that are, that are a lot more life-changing and threatening can be issues that turn to something positive and powerful. Let me give you the scriptures because I know I told you I was going to give you a scripture. And uh, the first one is uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. And that's the one where it tells us to trust in the Lord uh, and not to lean to our own understanding. I can't pull it up here, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him in all the things that you do. Talk to him about it and he will give you direction. Trust in the Lord. Okay, so my trust in everything that I do, if it's something I'm about to launch into, I've never done before. For instance, this, the, the business that my wife and I have had for now eight years, we own a staging company in Los Angeles. And when we first started, it started as a result of us ending up in situations that we never thought we'd be in. I was without a job. She was without a job. And we needed something to work. And we were both like, Lord, what are we going to do? We spent time in Starbucks on little bitty things like this, <laughs> trying to find jobs. And we did whatever we needed to do to make things happen, right? But the whole thing, the whole time was, trust in me, Lamont. I will direct your path. And he directed us to different places. My daughter was playing basketball for uh, Mount Sac, uh, uh, Mount Sac, uh, junior college in Los Angeles, or not in, Los, well, in the area, I'm in, I'm in, where am I, Denver, okay, <laughs> she was playing basketball, and she ended up um, basically going and winning the championship, state championship one year, and the next year, and we were still in this situation, the next year, um, they went to the championship again, and someone said, someone, one of the, the parents said, we noticed that you weren't able to go to uh, the ball, the, uh, help me, the, <laughs> The, the tournament last year, and uh, we, we don't want you to miss that. So here's $1,000, and we've set up a room for you and your wife to come so you can watch your daughter. And guess what? Our daughter won the championship again two years in a row. I mean, it was, it was a God thing, trusting in the Lord. I didn't know this guy that did this. I didn't, I didn't, all I knew was one name, Dougie. That's it. But I didn't know him. Okay, and the fact that he was, he said, I just feel like I got to give this to you guys. And he said, and you need anything else, call me and let me know. I mean, he'd set it up. God had set the thing up. But it was God showing us throughout the process, trust me, trust me. And when you do that, you've got to get to the point where you begin to focus because God is taking us in a direction. He wants us to get to a place that he has preordained and predestined for us to get to. But we have to follow the path. It's hard to follow a path and you don't know. It's hard to follow a path when you got other distractions. You know, the fact that you can't pay your rent, that's a distraction, right? Trust the Lord in that as well. All the times that those kind of things happen, the Lord opened up the door for us. Okay, and I'm, I would say that he is not a respecter of persons. He'll do it for anyone. Now, uh, the other thing that uh, I have is, is out of Psalms um, chapter 1. Um, hold on a second. Let me pull that one up. It, I, for some reason, I have not used this uh, contraption. 
before. Usually I have my, my word with me. Hold on one second. Okay, here we go. And we are going to, what I say, Psalms 1. Does anybody else do this? Does this ever happen to anybody else? Never. No, never. Okay. Oh, I mean, it was on all the while it was on the piano. Now it's, it's I got to go back in. Okay, what did I say? Psalms, okay. Um, chapter 1, and I hate this downtime, but we will deal with it. Okay. All right, Psalms chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, it says this, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate both day and night. I like the word instruction. His, 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 his delight is in the instruction of the Lord. In fact, I'll read it like this. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of the sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on that instruction day and night. And he is like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water or by a stream, and it bears fruit in its season, and the leaf doesn't wither, and wherever that thing goes, it prospers. So when I read that, I go and I, I, I get this whole idea. Lamont, part of the thing of trusting, God gives you something in your heart. He gives you something and it appears, you say it came to your mind. Yet yeah, this came to your mind, but then you start to visualize it. When you start to visualize it, it looks like something. And when you can see something, then you can start to move towards something, okay? And in this, it's like learn the instruction of what you see. What is it that you see? Dig in and try to find out what it is and meditate. That means to mutter, to think over and over and over and, and, and see it till you see, believe that thing is, is there. And, and, and you're saying, and everything that you do, you're seeing and you're moving in that direction. He's, he says, um, you will be like a tree that is planted. The whole idea is fruitfulness comes when you are sitting in a place where there is life flowing because water is the source of life all right I remember my, my father lived in the desert and um, there was one tree that grew and outgrew every other tree and I remember when I when he'd only been there like five years and I saw the tree grow up beyond all the other trees and I was like what is up with that tree in this desert and my father was wondering the same thing and we found out that the sump line ran right by the tree. So it was being fertilized and watered on a daily basis. And that's why that tree was able to grow. Okay. So the idea is if you set yourself on the path, and the path is along the stream where the waters are, which is also the place where I can sit and receive instruction on where I need to go with my life. Now... When you, when you do that, you need to understand just because you're sitting by the stream doesn't mean the stuff that you think is going to happen will happen the way it happens or the way you think it should happen, okay? But the idea is I am in the place of instruction. I am sitting in the place of nourishment. And as I am nourished, I continually get over and over again direction 
And here's the key. Never just get direction in your head because when it's in your head, it's dead. You want it to move out of your head into your heart and your heart will cause you to take action. You have to learn how to take action after you have gotten instruction. If you don't take action after instruction, it's just a dead thing. Okay, so we want to get to that place where we are doing that. And then I say this, this this phrase that comes on. If you trust and you plant yourself for instruction, repeat and rinse, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat over and over again. Do the same thing for whatever your situations are. All right. And then finally, um, as we begin to understand that and we go to that, the Matthew passage 13 through uh, 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, he talks about the whole idea of us being the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and the fact that we need to keep ourselves with the flavor of what salt does. Because if we don't, it's no good to anybody. A lot of times we become church puppets. We become church people, and when we become church people, all we think about is church and what church does for me, as opposed to me being the salt that flavors the world. So the idea is get out of the notion of church in the building and recognize that church is wherever I go. Wherever I go, that's church, okay? Wherever, wherever I go, someone and myself, both of us, whoever is around me is going to get blessed and I'm going to get blessed because I'm blessing and they're blessing me, okay? And together, we start doing things together, all right? And that, that's, a, that's a very, very important thing. Um, I don't know how much time I have. I feel like I got to wind it up. Um, Ten more minutes? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Uh, they don't ever tell you that, do they? You got ten more minutes? Do I have ten hands? No. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing that, that, that I recognize, that whole thing about being the light uh, and, and, and recognizing that it's better to partner with people than to try to go on your own. Okay? It's better to partner with people. It's better to be a, a, a tribe of people that rein in everybody they can. It's better to be a tribe of people to rein in everybody that you can, okay? Um, which brings me to another story. Um, I, I really believe this. Out of John 17, Jesus prays three prayers in John 17. The last prayer he prays is that they would be one as you and the Father, as you and I are one. He's talking about the Father. And um, so that the people around will hear them. He's talking about the disciples. Will hear them and believe. Okay? People love a crowd. Not necessarily love a crowd, but they're attracted to a crowd. They're attracted to where other people are. If you have something good, then people will be drawn to you. And just as Jesus came here on the earth, when he walked among the people, they were attracted to him. What is it about Jesus that caused people to be attracted to him? Then ask yourself, what is it about you that causes people 
to be attracted to you? Or how do I get people to be attracted to the Jesus in me? Because the reality is people can see you and they go, eh, I don't like what I see. But when they get to know you, they go, oh, I love what I hear. I love what's there. But they have to break through all the mess before they get to that point. So the idea is, if I understand that God has given me some gifts, he's given me some plans, he's given something to me that other people don't have that they need, and I recognize that, and I am opening myself up freely to give, then those people are attracted. Because people like gifts. They really do. They don't, they don't care where it came from. They just, they just want it. You got something I don't have? Yeah, I want it. But Jesus is praying this prayer that they would become one and recognize that we are one, that we should be that complete, complete purpose. I put it like this. I am, I am all of him and he is all of me. Does that make sense? I, uh, because I'm, I came from him. And all he really wants to do is wake me up. And when I begin to awaken, I begin to recognize, you know what? This thing that I've been doing, because I've pastored for over 30-some years. I preach some of the same sermons over and over again. And it's just in this new season that I recognize there are some things I'd never preach again. There's some things right out of that Holy Bible that I would never preach again. Why? Because the God that is in me has given me the ability of critical thinking whereby his Holy Spirit corrects and brings things that I did not know that I missed before. Okay? Those simple things. You know, little correction things. Like we go to, uh, um, I believe it's Ecclesiastes 11 or 9-11. For years, people would quote that scripture and they'd say to me, uh, um, come on, come on, come on. I cannot believe I just lost it that quickly out of my mind. Uh, if you got a Bible, go there real quickly. It is uh, Ecclesiastes 9 11. Thankfully, I remember that part. Again, I say under the sun that the race is not given to the swift or the battle to the strong. Now, I'm going to read it from the King James because that's what everybody believed God spoke. <laughs> Jesus spoke, Paul spoke, Peter spoke in King James. Unfortunately, that's not true. Uh, unfortunately, it's not true, thankfully. Um, I'll read it from the, new, from the regular King James where it says, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. And we would stop right there and we'd add this, but he that endures to the end. That's not scripture. But that's what we said, and it sounded good. The race isn't given to the swift, neither to the strong, but he that endures to the end. Hallelujah. We would go there. And then one day my eyes opened and I said, wait a minute, it doesn't say that at all. It says that I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor to the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. 
but time and chance happened to them all. Okay? When I read that, I said, what? That's the reality of God not being a respecter of persons. That's the reality right there. We understand, hey, this is not about the one who runs the fastest. It's not about the one who is the strongest. It's not about the one who has the riches. It's not about the one who has all the knowledge. But time and opportunity happen for all of us. Okay? It's going to come. There's opportunity. And the key is, are you ready for your opportunity? Is your time now? When is your time and what is it that you're, you're supposed to be doing? You cannot experience the positive things of opportunity if you have not prepared yourself for an opportunity. You will miss it every time if you don't prepare. So the key is for us to understand that God has given great things and, and, and as, as a, a preacher, I understood the importance of you have to hear my spirit, son, because my spirit is going to take you where you need to go. Okay? So in this whole, in, in this whole thing about the, I'm trying to get back to the one so I can end this thing. The whole thing about he is in us, and we are in him, and we are completely one. When I was pastoring in Los Angeles, I was asked to write an article, and I did an article for the Foursquare organization. Uh, I actually did a, uh, a uh, I spoke at their uh, convention, uh, and the name of, the title of the sermon was Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Now, it's not about Mr. Bean, uh, the, the guy from Europe, who the, the actor, but this is about the beans. And the whole idea is I took five different beans. I took a pencil bean, a gabonzo bean, a red bean, a black bean, and white beans. And I said, it's important for us to understand that all these beans have one thing in common. And what would that be? They're beans. All of them are beans. However, each and every bean has a distinct flavor, a distinct shape, a distinct uh, color. Okay? And each of them has nutritional value that may not be the same as the other. And when you look at them separately, they're beans of different kinds and so forth and so on. And a lot of people want to just deal with the pinto bean. I like pinto beans. Other people like the gabonzo bean, the big fat, you know. And other people like the white bean. And people love red beans and cornbread. You know, all these different things are there. But the common thing, common denominator is they're all beans. But when you take the beans and you throw them together and put them into a soup and call it five bean soup. The soup does not take like, taste like the pinto alone. It doesn't taste like the, the red bean or the black bean or the white bean alone. It tastes a whole different flavor because all of the goodness of each bean and the, the, the juices of it all come together in a flavor that cannot be matched. That is humanity. That is what we are called to be. And it doesn't, the, the thing is, what we, for the longest, 
For the longest, we've talked about, well, we're just a, a melting pot. You know, that, that's, that's the famous saying, we're a melting pot. Well, if you melt the pot and you don't talk about the distinct flavors of each one, each one loses value. When a bean uh, soup comes together, you can always tell the difference between the beans. Just because they become a part of the soup does not mean that they are no longer valuable and tasty outside of the soup. But you get the advantage of being able to partake of every great thing about every single bean when it's in the soup. This is the greatest example that I could find in that day of how God wants us to be. Back to the original soup that he created from the very beginning of time. So we wake up and we recognize that I am you and you are me and we are one together with Christ. And all these other things don't even matter when we recognize who we are when we recognize that we need one another. Then Jesus' whole prayer comes to pass. I pray that they would be one, like you and I are one. And for that, we can praise God forever. Father, I thank you right now for everyone that is hearing my voice. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share my heart and some of my stories. I pray that you have already spoken to many people in different ways about how special they are. And Lord, I thank you that you will take them into places that they never thought they could go in before as they put their trust in you. And they acknowledge you in every area of their life, whether it be business, whether it be family, whether it, it be politics, whatever it might be, Lord. I pray that you, Lord, would show them, Lord, the direction. And Lord, with that, I thank you, Lord, that as they take their time and they're patient with getting the instruction and they meditate on that, Lord, that you'll set them in a place where they are constantly nourished in that place and that thing that you've called them to so that they can be released into the world and be that salt and that light, bringing illumination, Lord God, to the people of the world that are still asleep. Until we get to the place where your prayer, Lord Jesus, is manifested and answered, where we all recognize that we are all of you and you are all of us, in us and through us, and together we are one family. I thank you, Lord, for this, and I ask that you bless this place, this house, and everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, brother. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the body of Christ, that we are one, that we can be a thousand miles away and yet still functioning in and sensing and growing in the same spirit 
in the, in the same knowledge and instruction. Father, I thank you for this message of oneness and surrender and embracing chance and embracing that everything isn't going to... Lamont, could you just put something, play something? This is a... I, I need something there. Guys, be sure he's... We believe, we believe, we believe, we believe, we believe what you promised, we believe you won't fail, we believe that you'll do it, we Our faith things are possible, our love indestructible, our hope irrefutable. We believe by faith things are possible, our love indestructible, our hope irrefutable. We celebrate communion now and Nina has those elements ready. Pammy, come on up and begin to distribute those. You at home, this morning we're taking communion together. If you have the cracker, the juice, if you could grab the bread, the water, however you would like to do it, we're going to receive communion here and then pray together. Lamont's music ministry to us reminds me of an announcement this morning that October 17th, so less than a month away, just several weeks, David Stearman is going to be with us. Some of you know David's ministry. He will be our guest speaker that morning. He is a musician, a recording artist, graduate of ORU, and uh, he was our second guest speaker ever when we first became a, a church uh, three decades ago. Um, actually four decades ago in, in Cathedral of Praise. David was our second guest speaker. He's been with us uh, here and there speaking in the church. You won't want to miss this time with David, I, I promise you, uh, musically as well as the word that he will bring. You know, Lamont, your word to us this morning is so powerful and so relevant to the communion cup. And uh, everybody bear with me while I fat finger this here. I got to get my little cracker out. <laughs> I, I, I can get the blood, but I can't get the body. <laughs> Hold on. 
honey, I can't get the body of Jesus out. <laughs> My little fat thumbs won't, won't break out the body of Jesus. I, I've got the blood. This is why I need a wife. This is, this is why the, 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 the scripture says he that, he that marries a woman marries a good thing or something like that. I think Lamont knows. <laughs> yeah, she, I think she got it. We got it. Well, maybe. But uh, Lamont spoke about oneness. He spoke about surrender, and he spoke about the fact that all of our plans don't go just exactly as we want them to, because God has built chance uh, into the the system. But it's, it's a different kind of chance than the world knows. It, it's a chance that he oversees, that he's Lord of. And so then we just rest. We rest in his governance of our chance. And he makes it come out all right. And so we just embrace one another. Lamont, it's so good to have you with us this morning. And um, let's break bread together. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. So as we take it, we are one body this morning. Let's embrace each other. And let's embrace the fact that everything that's going on right now in our life, in our society, in our government, in our nation, we don't control. But if we could sit down in his rest, if we could rest in that he's governing our chance, he gave his body so that we could be one in that. Let's take and eat. And then at the close of it all, he spilled his blood and he was resurrected. And his resurrection and his blood condemned sin in the flesh, conquered it, destroyed the power of evil and said to us, I can govern your chance. You can trust me. It's all going to work out perfectly. And I've risen from the dead to prove it. Let's take and drink the blood of the Lord. Are you ready to move on to announcements? Shall we do announcements? Yeah. All right. And then we'll pray. Right. Hey, everyone. If you have a prayer request, I can still get those at 720-878-3323. Feel free to send your prayer request, 720-878-3323. Just a reminder for your tithes and offerings, your giving and donations, uh, we have a basket here in the back for those of you who are here in the service. For those of you who are and here in the service are online, you can go to our website and go to the donate button, or you can give by texting to send that number is 720-730-8510. And we thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. Um, an announcement. We have another, we've had a wonderful morning. Thank you so much, Lamont. It has just been, I've loved it. Uh, and we have another guest coming <clears throat> in just a few weeks. We've known him also for 
a num you know we're a we're yes that dates us we're really dating ourselves yes. we've known him for four decades I already told the people that he was our second guest speaker oh you already told them this announcement That's all right, so I don't need to announce it when you say it, it it just means more here's what I love about David he's a storyteller he, you, and of course you told us stories this morning as well. David is kind of this folksy storyteller in his music and in his preaching. You'll get a lot out of that as well. Of course, I love Lamont. I love my own husband. I get a lot when you preach too. But you'll want to hear David on, is that the 17th of October? Yep, yep. Okay, let's see if we've gotten any new prayer requests. I'm not seeing any. I do have some, however, that have already come up. So uh, our Tommy and Jordana and their family have COVID, the entire family, including the brand new baby. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so we're going to pray for them. Come on, uh, Mary Howard's brother-in-law, uh, they've discovered that he has stage 4 cancer. And then Matt and Lisa have uh, told us that to keep the family and loved ones of one of Matt's former teacher friend, you know, Matt has been a teacher. Her name is Lindsay. She passed away this week. She had a husband and two kids. So, of course, we want to pray for them. I don't know about you, but this week in particular, for some reason, my heart has just gone out to, and of course, every day, every year, COVID or no COVID, there are people who are suffering somewhere. But I just know my heart's gone out to people this week who are suffering, people I don't know, the many, many, many people who are suffering. Let's just lift this, all this up to the Lord. Again, Father, I am so glad that you are such a big God, that you can see all of these needs, Lord, and you know a way for each one of these people. You know how to help them. We thank you for your healing power in Jordana and Tommy's family's life. We speak health and healing and wholeness and life to that entire family in the name of Jesus, to Mary's brother-in-law and to her family as they deal with the situation. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then for Matt's teachers, teacher friends, family, we pray for your comfort. Uh, we pr I pray they would just know you right where they are, that they would hear you, then they'd be comforted by you and by your voice. Thank you, Father. And I just got one more prayer request for Cherie, who has COVID, and we again speak life and health and healing to her body. And then, Father, again, this is a huge prayer request. There's so much suffering, whether it's from hurricanes or earthquakes or COVID uh, or wars. Lord Jesus, there's so much suffering, and Jesus, we're asking you for your help for each one of these people individually. I know it's a big deal for me to, be, to even say such a thing. I feel so helpless to be able to help them. But, Lord, you know how. You know how to help these families in need. And we thank you for your help and your hope in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all pray together now. The prayers will be on the screen for those of you that are live streaming with us this morning. These have become somewhat of a a liturgical prayer for us, all right? We've been repeating these often. The Holy Spirit uh, gave us these words, and they're in three different prayers, all right? Everybody together now, and you in the sanctuary, if you would, let's, let's pray together. Your word is an encounter. Yes. 
We ask you for regular encounters which challenge us to see differently as you see, not as ones bound up by religious teachings, evangelical dogma, fear and guilt, or any other compromise. Make us less certain about the things of which we are certain and more open to the possibilities that we do not see. Cause us to understand that when you said you'd never leave us, you meant it. So we declare in faith that 2021 will be a year of breakthrough in awareness, awareness of your presence, awareness of your power, awareness of your provision, and awareness of your love. Again, Lamont, we can't thank you enough for taking time from the convention to be with us this uh, Sunday. Thank you so much. You've blessed us. And uh, everybody that's live streaming with us, we're going to go ahead and close our time now and close our service. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next Sunday. And don't forget now the special announcement of our uh, guest, David Stearman, with us on the morning of October 17th. Make plans now and invite friends. You will not want to miss him. We'll be sending out an email to everybody for whom we have email addresses. Also, uh, ad ad advertising that, and then you'll be able to forward that email to friends and family. Those of you here in the congregation, we have a flyer 